Okay. Last week, uh, I started the, I spoke about God still speaks, and I want to, I want to build on that. I want to take that forward, that God still speaks. Do you believe God still speaks? He does. He does. And I have learned over the years, God speaks, especially through my wife. So I was sharing last week that uh, just a bit of my journey, our journey, and, and just the faithfulness of God over the years. And as I shared last week, like 10 years ago, I was not in a very good space. I, was, I lost my way. I was like this little boat on the sea. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know which direction I was going. Uh, I lost my sense of call, my sense of destiny. I lost my confidence. I was in a really, really bad space. But the word of the Lord, God spoke, God spoke. And uh, on Friday, we had our 16-year anniversary, 16 years of awesome marriage. And I, I posted on Facebook, and I, I really mean it, that, you know, Sonica has played such a massive role in my life. Um, she's uh, just got such a, a godliness to her, to her heart and to her, to her life. You know, Jesus just... I don't know where she gets it. Obviously, it comes from the Lord. But, uh, you know, over the years, every time bad things would happen to me or people would treat me badly or, you know, she would always encourage me to forgive. She would always encourage me to see the other side. She would always encourage me to not be offended and to love and to love well and to, to, uh, to do what is right in the eyes of God, even though I might be hurt. So I, wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't be in the ministry today if it wasn't for, for Sonic and for the grace of God. And uh, yeah, let's give her a hand. And, and, and so God really speaks. God really speaks and he has spoken through Sonic. You know, sometimes God would speak through other people to us because we are so hurt that we can't hear for ourselves. And, and the Lord has spoken so many times through Sonica to say, no, come on, forgive, get up, you can do this. And I, I realized the power of a godly woman. I realized the power of a godly woman. You know, I, 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 we've got a lot of pastors in Shofar, 50 plus senior leaders and then more pastors. And, 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 I, and I sometimes when I listen to what's happening, I, I hear wives who are negative and bitter and offended and they psych their men up, they psych their husbands up. You know, to be offended as well. And I just realized, you know, ladies, when we're upset, we don't need someone to psych us up. We're already psyched up. We need a voice of reason. We need a voice of humility and meekness and forgiveness. Ladies, you have a massive, massive role to play. You know, over the last, what, 20 years, I've seen so many Men and women, but men walk away from their call in God because they didn't have a voice of reason around them to say, hey, try again. Hey, forgive. Hey, come on. You can do this. Keep going. Ladies, you're powerful. Let's say it. Ladies, say it. I'm powerful. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. You can use it right. You can use it so, so well. And, and, and so, yes, God still speaks. So I want to I continue on what I was sharing last week about the power of the voice of God to transform us and change us and, and, and get us 
launching us into our destiny, launching into our identity. Okay, so can we quickly just stand one more time? I, wanna, I want us just to pray. I want us to... I'm trusting this morning that the Lord will speak to you. I'm trusting that God, the Holy Spirit, will speak to you. That you not just listen to my voice, but that you would hear the voice of God. So could we maybe just raise our hands just for a moment? Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. Lord, this morning, we believe that God still speaks. We know it, God. We know that you speak, Lord. We know that you're faithful, God. And so, Lord, right now, we just surrender our hearts and minds to you to listen. Not to the voice of a man, but to the voice of God speaking by his Holy Spirit. Gently whispering to our hearts, truth, life, light. So God, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We are lost without you. This just becomes dead religion without you. Without the tangible presence of God. So Father, we ask, lead us. Minister to our hearts. And have your way. In Jesus' name. Let's say it. God, have your way. You are the potter. And we are the clay. Mold us. Form us. Into a vessel that brings you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay, so God still speaks. You know, when... When sin entered the world, the one big thing that it messed up was our glasses, our spectacles, our vision. It causes our lenses to become cracked. Because of the influence of sin, many people's lenses have become cracked. The way is like you're looking, but you're just seeing cracks everywhere. It's distorting our perception. Distorting our perception of life. Distorting our perception about ourselves. And distorting our perception of who God is. And so the prophetic, the word of the Lord is, is there to, to mend our perspective, to heal our perspective on, on life, on ourselves. You know, the truth is most of us don't know who we are. But most of us, most of us have no idea who we are until the voice of the Lord comes and he speaks into our darkness and we realize who we are. As I said, 10 years ago, I was like... Um, I thought I would never lead a church again. I thought I would never do ministry again. I was sort of, at, as I shared last week, demoted in a sense. I had this admin job with a good friend of mine. I was his admin assistant. And, and I was really, I, was, I, I lost my way. You know, but over the last four or five years, every time the prophetic word comes, it's like a light that shines in a dark place. A light that shines on my heart. A light that says, this is who you are. This is what you're called to. So every time the word of the Lord, the true word of God comes, it, it changes things. You know, I, I was just the last few weeks just emotional and thankful just to see the word of the Lord come to pass time and time again. You know, it's hearing God saying things to me and thinking, God, is, are you serious? Is it truly going to be? Is it possible? Because my past if I look at my past, it, it, there's, there's no legitimacy to what I'm hearing you saying now. But yet I, I held on to that word and I started to believe it and, and, and started to step out. You know, a few weeks ago, we were in, I was at Shofar Durbanville 
And uh, we had three services, healing services and equipping the people. And the Sunday night was just, morning was good, but the Sunday night was just so amazing. Nothing I did. I did normal what I normally do. But God just moved so powerfully. God so moved so powerfully. It's like, you know, I had a word some years ago where the Lord said to me, you are a revivalist. In other words, wherever you go, you bring life. Looking at my past, I'm not sure. But I received that word. And I started to step out. When I preach, when I share, when I minister, I'm expecting God to move. And now the Lord is beginning to, to really back it up. You know, so two weeks ago, Sunday night service, when I was in Shepherd Durbanville, I think it was the most powerful meeting I've had in South Africa. I mean, some of the people would say, one pastor lady would say, she's never experienced anything like this. It's nothing to do with me, the grace of God. She said, more people responded on the altar call in that one service than the whole year, the previous year. Lives were touched. God was moving. Some people have experienced fire on their hands and on their bodies. The one lady, an hour after the service, was told, my hands are on fire. Because I said, guys, the Holy Spirit is a living, is the living God. He is fire. And you can sense him and experience him and feel him on your physical body. Lives were rocked. Lives were changed. And I, just, I believe it's just still the, just the beginning. But, but I would never have walked this journey. I would never have trusted God if I didn't have the word of the Lord saying, this is who you are. Okay, okay. I'm a revivalist. I don't feel like a revivalist. But I am. I'm going to step out. You know, it doesn't matter what you feel like. It's about what does God say? Who are you? Who are you in his sight? And then you need to receive that word. And then you need to, to pursue it all your, all your heart. You need to receive the word and then start walking in that direction. You need to start pursuing the word of God. Because if it's true, it's going to be. Amen. So I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to show you a video clip in a moment. But I want to show you this... Uh, little treasure chest. And I had a, aha, yes, I have a key. Okay, so uh, this treasure chest represents your life. Your body is a treasure chest. And you have treasures on the inside. You have gold on the inside. You have good things on the inside. There are things that God has placed inside of you that is supposed to be a blessing to those around you and to the world. But he's hidden these things on the inside of you. And you are not even aware of what is on, on the inside of you. Many of us are not aware. And then as the word of the Lord comes. He reveals what's already inside. And then he wants to reveal to you what he wants to add to that. And the key to open it up. Is the prophetic word. The key to open it up. Is God's word. You see, he defined you. He caused you to be. He destined you. He breathed on you. He brought you into life. And as the Mercedes guys would know, Daimler guys would know, the designer of the car knows what's the purposeful of the car. So the designer, the author of the car knows what its purpose is in the same way God, the God who made you and me is the one that knows what you are about. He knows who you are. He knows what you're called to do. He knows what he's placed on the inside of you. But it is through passionately pursuing God that you discover it. And also 
through God's prophetic word. God's word. Let's say it, God's word. It unlocks identity and destiny. The prophetic word unlocks identity and destiny. And, and I'm, I'm sharing this message in last week as well because we, we, we're trusting for the Lord to, to begin to speak to us more and more. That we can know who we are and what we're called to do. You cannot look at your current circumstances to determine who you are. You must look at what God says. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, in a treasure chest. Your body is just an earthen vessel. It's not in itself that awesome. But it's what's inside that God has put inside that's awesome. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So God goes and he takes ordinary people like you and me. And he puts extraordinary things on the inside of us like God the Holy Spirit. He puts God himself in us and other treasures within us. So that he would get all the glory. I mean, think about it. Twelve disciples from the area of Galilee. The people said, nothing good comes from Galilee. And God's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's go over there. Let's go get those nobodies. Let's make something beautiful of them. Let's have them change the world. Because then who's going to get the glory? Jesus will get the glory. Who feels ordinary today? Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Then God's going to like, yes. He loves to take ordinary people and make something beautiful. That is redemption. That is the power of the cross. That is what is truly awesome. Powerful when God starts working in us and through us. Okay. So that says there. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. If you've gone through enough storms, you come to the point where you realize that when God is working, it's God and it's not you. So the challenging times are good. It's a guy called Chris Vallotton. He shares about the gold. He says that every, we, we, must look at for the, we must look for the gold in people. We must look for the gold. Anybody can find dirt. Let's find the gold. Instead of looking at someone, seeing the dirt, what's wrong with them, why they're not qualified, why they're not good enough, look with the eyes of God and see gold, glory, the goodness of God. Like Jesus would go around and then he would see this tax collector, Matthew, that no one would have any hope for. They'd probably spit on him and cuss him out and say, you, you rat, Matthew. And then Jesus comes and say, hmm. I'm seeing some gold. Follow me. Come. Let me make something beautiful of your life. God wants to make something beautiful of your life. Let's say it. God wants to make something beautiful of my life. Amen. He wants to. He wants to. I believe he is going to. So I want to show you this video clip. It's the, the testimony of... Uh, um, Jonathan David Helser's dad and the prophetic word that came with his birth. Now, Jonathan David is a well-known musician and we sing his, one of some of his songs like we're no longer slaves and uh, powerful songs that are rocking the globe. But let's listen to the prophetic story behind it. Okay. 
Every story has a beginning, and I don't know where this really begins, except I know in May the 19th, 1970, I came home to Jesus after a rock and roll career and lots of smoking dope and come home to my wife, and she forgave me for three and a half years of unfaithfulness, and we began to follow Jesus. And it was hard, it was trying, it was beautiful, but in 1976, something happened that wrecked my heart, my life. She had made several trips to the physician, her gynecologist, her female doctor, and he said, Linda, there's some problems. The long and short was she had cancer of the uterus, and what was necessary was to have a hysterectomy of surgery to remove all the female organs. I wasn't so concerned about that because we had two daughters and we had enough and I didn't want any more children anyway because I figured some of the drugs I did, why risk having a child deformed? And two weeks before the schedule of hysterectomy, a prophetic man, because back in those days in the 70s, nobody was known as a prophet. But a very prophetic man called me and said, I need to see you. Something happened that's life-changing. He would go to a baseball field where there was some swings, kind of a playground. And he would go there in the evening and intercede. Retired school teacher, he prayed. He said, last night I was on a baseball field and Jesus just suddenly appeared in front of me. I'd never had that happen before. I was shocked and the Lord said, it's okay, Kermit. But I have a message I want you to tell my servant, Ken Helson. I want you to tell him first, I've healed his seed and I have never told anybody the reason I didn't even want any more children is I was concerned about the drugs I did. And here's a man that I barely had known only one other time saying, Jesus said, I've healed your seed. And you're going to have a son. And his name will be Jonathan David. And he will play the harp. He will sing like an angel. And he will write prophetic songs for his generation. And his music will go out all over the earth. Now, when you're two weeks from his directory, that's, that's dramatic. And I said, God, is this you? And it grew in my heart, and I never knew I wanted a son so badly. And in a short amount of time, my wife and I are praying and telling the gynecologist, can you do one more test? On a Sunday, I anointed her with oil, prayed for her, and it wasn't dramatic. But during that prayer, my wife touched the hem of Jesus' garment. On Friday, with the scheduled hysterectomy on Monday, they did a DNC, and that's when they go in and scrape the wound. The test came back on Saturday, and when the doctor came down the hall whistling, we said, that's a good sign. He stuck his head in the door and said, the pathologist is baffled. He's consulted me three times saying, this is not the same woman. Ken, your wife is 200% okay. We got pregnant with a little boy who was named Jonathan David. And he was all boy. He never showed any interest in music. He just loved to play sports. I don't care if it was a ball, he was into it. But at 19 years of age, graduating from high school, he came in my room one night and he said, Daddy, didn't you used to play guitar? See, we never told him the whole thing. We told him, God healed your mommy. We had a baby. We didn't tell him what he was going to be doing with her. Because did you used to play guitar? Can you teach me some chords? And 
So we sent him off to Nuneaton YWAM in England with a guitar and a Bible. I came to visit him in November. And on the last night before we were returning home, some of the kids said, you should hear some of Jonathan's worship. I said, Jonathan, I got a little cassette replay, and I know your sisters would love to hear you. You're playing guitar better. He said, yeah, play a song, Daddy. And he played this song, and I went, oh, my gosh. Who wrote that? And he said to me now, he says, I'll never forget the look on your face because you had waited 19, well, really 20 years for a word of a prophet to become reality. We will dance in your palace all our days. We'll sing in your temple with all our praise. We'll shout down the walls in the name of your son because we will overcome. We will overcome. I said, Jonathan, you wrote that. I said, the first song you wrote is the, pro- the prophecy of your entire life. My generation, the 60s, the hippies, we threw away our inheritance. We wasted what God gave us as your generation to take back what my generation destroyed. You're going to take back the land and you're going to do it through the power of worship. And so it is that here I am, 71 years old, and it used to be, oh, Jonathan David, Ken Helser's your daddy. (laughs) No more. You're Jonathan David's daddy? Oh, that can't be. I just say, I'm no longer slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen. We can give a hand for that. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's so powerful. That is the power of a prophetic word. It, it, it shifts things. It changes things. It unlocks identity and destiny. So I want to quickly look at uh, Abraham's life. And specifically, he also he had to wait for like 20 years for, for the fulfillment of his prophetic words. Look at this. Genesis 15. Verse 1 is 6. So I want to I stir your heart. I want to stir your desire to hear his voice. Parents, to hear God's voice for your children. To hear God's voice for our lives, for the way forward. Genesis 15. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So the word of the Lord came to him in a vision. A vision is basically... For, for us, it would be a, a, an internal impression in your mind's eye. But you know this is the source is not yourself. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It's like on the canvas of your imagination, it's, it's, it's printed. Some visions can be open visions. So even with open eyes, you can see, but that's normally the exception. It's saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, 
your exceedingly great reward. So God speaks into his fear, says, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I'm with you. I am with you. So I want to speak this over every one of us. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Don't be afraid about the future. God has got it. He's in control. He's able. He is your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. It was for him so shameful to not have a child. Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, again, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted to him for righteousness. Okay. So Abram is having a challenge. His circumstances are overwhelming him. He's just seeing, I don't have a child. I have no legacy. From his perspective, I have no future. I'm getting old, God, and I have no child. And that's all he's saying. So God is speaking to him. I'm your shield. Don't be afraid. I'm your exceeding great reward. And Abram is just going off, but I have no child. God, I have no child. I have no heir. And so obviously this was consuming him. And I believe the same thing happens to us. We, we find ourselves so, so, so caught up in our own situations, in our crises, in our challenges, that that's all we see. You only see what you don't have. You don't have the money. You don't have the, the breakthrough. You don't have this, whatever it might be. It's just all you're seeing is this is not. And yet the word of God is like a key to unlock our destinies. The word of God is like a key to come and release who we are and what God wants to do through us. So then interesting, then the Lord says there to him, he takes him outside. He takes him outside, outside. And then he says to him, look up, look up and see the stars. And he says, count them if you can, because I'm going to do more than what you can count. So what does it mean to us? I want to encourage you. Get out of your current circumstance in the sense of walk outside. Just shut down the voices of all your challenges. Set aside some time where you can walk outside of your current crisis, your current challenges, or whatever it might be. Walk outside, still your heart, still your soul, and look up. Look up, look to God, look to his goodness, look to his ability, look to his grace, look to his power, look to his faithfulness, look to the one who created heaven and earth, who caused us to be and know that he loves you more than you can imagine. Look up and let him speak to you. Look up and see what he has planned and whatever he has planned, it will probably blow your mind. If you get into touch with what he has truly planned, because our God is able, as Ephesians 3 says, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. But when we're in our circumstance and in our crisis or our lack of confidence, lack of hope, lack of faith, whatever it might be, we, 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 you're like in a pit. And all you're seeing is the side of the pit. It's not looking good. 
It's dark down there. So you need to get up out of that pit. You need to step to the side, side, just quieten things. We should do this as a lifestyle. Every day of your life, you should set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes and just ponder the promises of God. I loved what the guy in the Conquer series, what he said. Every night before you go to bed, set aside 30 minutes, 15 minutes to, I think, meditate on, on, on the scriptures. And then also then 15 minutes where you just take the promises of God and you meditate upon that. And you silence your mind, you silence your heart, and you realign. You get your, your imagination, your thinking aligned with God's word. I think they also said that every morning when you get up, when your feet touch the floor, proclaim five prophecies over your life. Proclaim it every day, every day. Lord, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing now. Every morning I'm getting up saying, this is who I am. This is who you said I am. Doesn't matter what circumstances say. Doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter. It only matters what you are saying. God, you are saying the following about me. What is God saying about you? You can start with maybe just a scripture, but you must trust the Lord for that. Who am I? What is my specific destiny? Who am I called to be? You know, it's, it's, it's obviously best to get a scripture, you know, but um, it's sometimes hard if you want to like, no, who should I marry? <laughs> You're probably going to marry a Sarah if you want to go by the scriptures. Sarah, marry, marry Sarah, you know. And, and obviously we want guidance. We want guidance in the important decisions of our lives. I'm not saying you must have a vision from heaven or you must have a, um, like a, a dream necessarily and 20 angels appear. But I know for me and Sonica, the Lord spoke to me and said to us, we, we are meant for one another. And now 20 years looking, later, looking back, we are a match made in heaven. Our giftings, our personality, we, we are a t- wonderful team because we follow the voice of God. You know? So obviously there must be natural connection. Don't get weird. Don't go tell her God said you're my wife. Don't do those type of things. Don't do what I did, okay? Don't do what I did. Not a good idea. It's a little bit freaky. Freaks the girls out. So Sonica was like, okay, so you and God is now deciding and I must just not fall in. <laughs> That's sort of how she felt. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yep. God has spoken. <laughs> no, not a good idea. Okay, don't do that. But I learned, I learned, I learned. I learned my, uh, from my mistakes. But a word from the Lord, it that gives you plan A. If you miss plan A, there's a plan B. It's still awesome. And a plan C. God is able to, to make a plan C, a plan A in the end. He's able. He's able. He's glorious. He likes to take our messes and our mess-ups, and he makes a beautiful message from it. Don't allow your past failures to define who you are and who you're going to be. Allow his word to define who you are. If I look back over my biggest failures in life, now looking back, I can see it worked out perfectly. God used that. He redirected me so that that would come to pass and that I would meet that person at that time and that this would happen. But it felt like a failure. It felt like a failure. You know, there's things that happen in our lives. I'm thinking of, say, someone like Rion without giving info. He was in Queenstown and, 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 and some things went wrong there in his business and so forth. And he went through a deep, dark 
season of his life. A depression. Without, without work, without, um, you know, you were in a dark space, huh? It was the most difficult time of his life. And then because of all the stuff that happened, it led him to East London. Then he took over on tap. That was a failing business. They had to basically shut, close the doors. And we became good friends. Because he came to East London. He's now an elder in the church. And the Lord has turned that business around. So he made one, what? Top three in the country, franchisee in terms of turning the business around, then open in Umtata, Queenstown, King Williamstown, and PE now. In Jesus' name. Amen. But some years ago, he was not in a good space, not a good place. He felt like a failure. If he didn't go through that, we wouldn't become great friends. So I thank Jesus for the failure. Let's say, thank you, Jesus, for the failure. Our God is so good. He can take our failures and make it incredible successes. If we allow him to, if we don't get bitter, if we don't become offended, if we don't walk away from him and just keep on following Jesus. So I speak this over your life. The biggest failures, disappointments of your life are the biggest setups to bring glory to the living God. Amen. But you need to see with the eyes of faith. You need to take the word of God and say, but Lord, you say, you say this about me. You see, our, our identity and destiny is revealed before the countenance of the one who designed and purposed us to be. Your destiny and your identity is found before the countenance, before the face of the living God. When you, when you cut out, when you shut out all the other voices, I said last week, the voices of evil that wants to break us down. Yeah, the voice of the enemy breaks us down, but the voice of God gives us the breakthrough. The voice of God repositions our perspective and causes us to launch into the will of God, which is a good place to be. Amen. So you need to, you, need, you want to be in his presence so you can hear his voice and be cha- changed. A word from God is like a key. A key to people's hearts, not just my heart, but I know I can unlock someone else's heart with a word at the right time. You know how many words, how many feedback I'm getting from people? The word you gave me changed my life. That word, it's come to pass. We didn't think it's possible, but it has come to pass. The prophetic word, a true word from God carries grace that empowers, causes to be. So you want to hear his voice. I want to encourage every one of us. Be open whenever, wherever you are. Just listen to what God might be saying to someone and encourage them. I said it last week. Prophecy is encouragement on heavenly steroids. So it's a supernatural encouragement. It strengthens people. It gives them hope. Be open wherever you are. You know, at the shop, at the till, give the lady a word. What is, how does Jesus feel about her? Or the person at work? Or a family member? You know, sometimes I would just be praying or just sitting somewhere and a name pops into my head. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let me call. Let me connect with that person. Let me encourage them. Uh, one of our pastors who planted a church and they were really battling, his name just popped in my head. And I phoned him. And the Lord gave me words for him. He was in a very 
dark, difficult space. And, 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 the, and the encouragement lifted him up out of that pit. So listen. Listen to the voice of God. And, and, and be someone's encouragement. Let's say it. I am an encourager on heavenly steroids. Amen. So God had to bring Abram out of his circumstance. Come out, Abraham. Abram, came, come out and look up. Come out and look up. You see, I believe our hearts are like a painting. Your heart is like a painting. It's a canvas. And God wants to paint on that canvas. He wants to come and reveal to you, hey, this is who you are. Hey, this is what I've planned for you. These are my promises for you. He wants to come and paint a beautiful painting on the inside. Because you see, God first paints it on the inside before he can reveal it on the outside. The kingdom of God first comes within us before it can come on the outside. You first have to start dreaming about what God, God's heart is for East London or your family or your children or your business before you can see it happen. On a natural level, that's what's called a visionary. You know, they spoke about um, Walt Disney that uh, didn't see the opening of one of the, I think, the, the big um, Disney parks. And, the, and then on the day of the, 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 the opening and the, the big ceremony, and so someone told his wife, yeah, I'm so sorry that Walt wasn't here. And then he said, no, no, he was there. He was here. He saw this long ago. He saw this long ago. And then, therefore, it could become a living reality. So God wants us to dream with him, to dream with him and get God, not just man ideas, God ideas that can impact lives. You must see it if you want to see it. You must see it on the inside before you can see it. You have to contend for your identity before you can walk in it. There's some wrestling that needs to happen behind the scenes. No, this is who I am. Yes, they think I'm an idiot, but this is who God says I am. Yep, I don't like, look like I have a lot of confidence now, but the Lord says I am his son, I am his daughter, so I am confident in Jesus' name. You need to contend. Uh, last year's men's camp, we were encouraging guys to make declarations about who they are. I think Stefan shared this with me. So uh, we were saying, guys, you are an evangelist. Say it, I am an evangelist. <laughs> so he shared with me, it's okay if I share it. Eh? So he's at his, at, his, at his house and he wanted to go speak to a neighbor about, you know, inviting him or speaking to him about Jesus or whatever. I'm not sure. But he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I am an evangelist. And then he went out. <laughs> you know, so you need to say it. You need to speak it over yourself. Take the word of God and speak it over yourself. This is who I am. I mean, that's why God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. So every time Abram says, hey, I am Abraham, I am a father of a multitude. So how about that? Go around, tell people, yes, I'm a revivalist <laughs> or whatever. You know? Just start saying it. Start speaking it over yourself so that you can transition into it. Okay, so God wants to paint it on our, the canvas of our hearts. So what do you see when you close your eyes and you're alone? You have some alone time. You close your eyes what are you seeing? What's resonating on the inside? What's living on the inside of you? Negativity, unbelief, hopelessness, fear. You know, because being afraid means there is fearful images being imprinted on, on your heart. That's why you are afraid. So we need to take back the canvas of our imaginations. We need to take back our imaginations. 
the Lord spoke this to me a while ago and said to me, you underestimate the power of the imagination. It is the birthplace of faith. You underestimate the power of the imagination. It is the birthplace of faith. The birthplace of faith. If it's not resonating, if you're not living on the inside of you, it will never be a living reality. So you need to allow the truth of God's word on the inside of you. That's why I believe the whole, the scourge of pornography is such an assignment of the devil because it gets mostly men, but ladies as well. All these worldly filth, it gets their minds and hearts messed up. It's the enemy doing graffiti on the canvas of our hearts. So the enemy comes and he just spray paints black. So, so the God's imprint, God's word cannot impact God's, the vision God gives us can't resonate, can't live there. Come on, let's take back our imaginations. Television or visions. It is sort of the one or the other. I have decided I shall apply my TV for the glory of God. So I'm watching worship videos via YouTube on my TV. No longer television. Heavenly vision. Heavenly vision. Yes, not television. So many stuff that we're exposing ourselves to is, 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 is defiled. It messes up our hearts and minds. There's no space for God to work. So we need to take back our imaginations. A word from God that captivates the imagination, and it captivates the imagination and unlocks the treasures of our hearts. So a word from God, it captivates us. It's like, oh, this can be. Heck, this should be. This is going to be. Because the Lord has spoken. Do you have a word for the season of your life? Do you have God's heart for your business? For your family? For the things that you're facing? You know, eight years ago, a little bit more eight years ago, we were having services at Lavender Blue and uh, evening services. And I was flying up and down from Cape Town every month or so. And then I think the one night we had 12 people in the service. And I was like, Jesus, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm moving. We're moving to East London. My wife is eight months pregnant. We're leaving everything. And there's 12 people in the service. I, was, I had no confidence. I had no faith. My hope was out the door. And I, 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 was, I was living there at the house ne just next to Lavender Blue for the week. They're in one of the rooms there. Uh, I was like, oh, Jesus. I was that evening like. And it wasn't a good service either. It was a terrible service. So I'm like, Jesus. So I went on my knees and I wrestled with God. And the Lord said to me, prepare for growth. I said, stuff it. Because some of the people would take me for coffee. The members of the church at that time. They would take me. The one took me for coffee. And he said to me, what if God called you here to fail? I have enough challenges, man. <laughs> I have enough trials. And then one of the other members they were, she was at a house and I was walking up the stairs and she was speaking to Sonic and said, this church won't grow in any case. Like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. But I had a word, prepare for growth. I'm going to allow God's word to define me and lead me. I'm not going to allow people's Wounds and hurts and negativity and unbelief define who I am. Neither let it define who you are. His word 
His word. So many times we've been in situations where it was quite scary. We have two armed robberies and challenges. And when we were in Manaus again, you know, Brazil, the Lord, I was again, oh, we're going to have another armed robbery. And then the word of the Lord came to me and he said to me, I am able to protect my own. I'm able. Well, I guess that's the end of the story then. Thank you, Jesus. You are able to protect your own. Don't live in fear. Don't let, don't let the world, don't let circumstances define. Don't, don't, don't allow the enemy to, to cause you to lay awake at night and wondering if someone's going to break in and wondering if someone's, something's going to go wrong. Don't allow, don't allow the voice of the enemy to define you. Let his word define who you are. Amen. Let's say it. God's word defines who I am in Jesus' name. I mean, it's the, only, it's the only way. But you need to be aggressive. You need to be focused. You can't like sort of just see how this thing's going. You're like, this is the word of God. This is God's will for our lives. I stand upon it with all my heart. Amen. just want to read this last verse again. The first start. You can go to the next one. I just want to read... Um, Genesis 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord, I'm ending off with this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. I really feel that's a word for a whole bunch of us here. Do not be afraid. And then he says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. It's one thing that I've learned over these years. Doesn't matter how many miracles I see, no matter how amazing things I see God is doing, I realize in the end, God, I am after you. You are my exceedingly great reward. The key for your imagination to truly be captivated is not just by prophetic words in general, but by God Himself. That is the context where everything else finds context. So I want to encourage you. This, this is God speaking to Abram. He said, Abram, I am your exceedingly great reward. Abram, I am more than what you think. I am greater than what you think. I am more wondrous than what you think, Abram, of everything that you're looking for. Everything that you are after, you're actually after me. I'm what you're looking for. The Lord's given me this prophetic word for a few people over the last while, praying for someone, and I felt God say to, to them, it's actually Jesus you're after. You're looking in all the wrong places for peace, for joy, for happiness, for fulfillment, but it's actually Jesus and Jesus alone that will satisfy your heart. So I want to call every one of us to this place of intimacy with God. If you want to hear his voice, be captivated by him. Get into his presence. Fall in love with Jesus again. Get back to the main deal. Not the peripheral issues of life. Just Jesus, it's just you. Are you putting aside 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, where you just silence your heart and you just meditate upon him and what he is saying to you? Recalibrate your heart and mind. Get back to that spot. Someone had a, a word here before. Kuba had a word before the service of, she saw like paint being acid, being put on paint, and it's just being stripped off. 
I actually feel like for some of us, you've had a dream before. You've had a dream. It's been there on the inside. You've, you've, you've had real hope. You've had, um, there were times of your life where you, that was, it was alive on the inside of you. But life happened. Stuff happened. People happened. And it's been cutting down, breaking down that vision, that canvas, that painting of who you really are. And so I want to pray with some of you this morning. In Jesus' name. Allow God to captivate your imagination. Silence all the other things. And see your, dest- your destiny and your identity being unlocked. Amen. Okay, cool. Please stand with me. I want to pray for us. Hallelujah. Come on, let's trust God. Last week was so powerful. So many words being released into people's lives. So if you feel like this morning the, the paint, the painting, the, the, the good vision of who you are and what you're called to, if you've, if you've maybe lost hope or lost a dream of what life is about, your purpose, your destiny, then we want to pray with you this morning. Okay, just want to pray for us. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, that you still speak. You still speak. And when your voice is heard, it's like a light shining in a dark place. Father, right now we bring before you all the so-called visions, bad visions, feelings, emotions, things painted illegally on the canvas of our imaginations. Lies. God, we bring those lies before you. Father, we pray that you would remove the lies, the graffiti of the enemy that tells us what we can't do. Instead of hearing the voice of our Savior saying to us, this is what you will do. All things are possible with God. I feel God wants us to invite every one of us to start dreaming again. To dream with God. What could happen? What could God do? Because He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. In Jesus' name. So God, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Come and remove the graffiti. Come and remove the the negatives, the pictures of fear. Can I I quickly ask if you feel that there's a whole bunch of illegal graffiti on your mind and heart. Would you raise your hand? I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to, to pray with you. Feel that the Lord needs to come and wipe away some stuff from your mind. Just quickly raise your hand. To the Lord. You know, lies, insecurities, and things breaking us down. And thank you, Father. Father, we bring all these people before you, God. We bring, we ask for your Holy Spirit right now. Right now, God, come and replace that with truth, with life, with blessing upon blessing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Just feel there's a bunch of us that needs like a new lease on life, direction, identity. Just to cause the dreams to be awakened again. If, if you feel that you're in that space and you need an awakening of the dreams of God within you, we want to pray with you. We're going to trust God to give you a word, a prophetic word. Uh, if that's you, would you just come forward? Just come and stand here in the front. If you just want God to breathe new life on your identity, destiny, anything like that, just come. Let's trust the Lord to, to shift it. One word from God can change our lives for life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's trust the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's 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 come outside. Outside of our circumstances. And let's look up. And let your mind be blown with what God has planned for you. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. Step outside. Step outside of your current circumstances. Step outside of hopelessness and despair. In Jesus' name. God, we give you praise. If we just have some more people to come and pray, come stand with someone. We're going to end off in a moment. We're going to continue praying for people. But I just want us to pray a prayer together. Just of consecrating our minds, our imaginations to the Lord, that He would paint His good word on our hearts. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, come on, let's pray this prayer together as we surrender ourselves unto the Lord. Just say, Father God, let's pray this all together with boldness. Say, Father God, thank you that you caused me to be. You are the author of my identity and my destiny. And so, Lord, right now, I declare, I believe that you still speak and your voice transforms. I surrender my heart and the canvas of my imagination. Lord, paint your beautiful picture on my heart. In my imagination, I renounce every lie, every graffiti. In Jesus' name, I renounce the enemy's graffiti. I renounce fears. And I receive the word of God that shifts the atmosphere. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray for you, Father. So right now, God, we, we welcome. We declare God still speaks. 
in a moment. We're going to be praying for the people here in the front. But I want, if you feel comfortable to do this, if you don't, it's fine. But to trust God for a word, an encouragement, something good, something positive, something that builds them up for the person standing next to you. If you don't feel comfortable, do it. That's fine. But I want to encourage you to trust God for a word for them. Okay. Could you quickly turn to one another if you feel comfortable do that? I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to trust the Lord for a word for you. Preferably guys with guys and ladies with ladies. Unless you're married and you're comfortable with one another, that's fine. Don't want it to be awkward. <laughs> Find, find someone. I'm going to pray for us and we're going to trust the Lord just for a, a word for you guys right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you still speak with a soft, gentle voice on the inside or a gentle impression on our mind's eye, on that canvas of our imagination. So, Father, right now we ask, Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. In Jesus' name. Lord, speak a word of life, of encouragement, of blessing over each one. Lord, right now we pray for an unlocking of destiny, an unlocking of identity in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for a stirring By the Holy Spirit, the fire of God within us to dream again, to hope again, to believe in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for a holy, godly frustration on the inside to say, I won't settle for what is. I'm trusting for the more. In Jesus' name. So God, right now, we just welcome the voice of the Father, the gentle whisper of the heart of God for each one of us. And Lord, right now, we release grace to pursue the fullness of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.